If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, observing the return of wonder and curiosity. Curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience for young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. Did you know that Outdoor Classrooms improve children's emotional, intellectual, and behavioral development while helping foster the development of creativity, problem-solving, independence, and confidence? The problem is, overwhelm, fear, and a lack of time can often make achieving any outdoor classroom vision into reality more trouble than it's worth. Did you know that we have a membership community at Outdoor Classrooms? It's the leading training community for educators and parents interested in cultivating outdoor classrooms and creating nature-based curriculum. It's a membership to support, collaborate, educate, and bring like-minded educators together. And it's packed with in-depth practical training and resources for all aspects of planning, running, and growing a sustainable outdoor classroom, plus the community support you need to ensure your teaching gardens achieve their full potential. Hello, everybody. We have Jonathan Zoba here from the Garden School in Beverly, Massachusetts. He is actually right down the street from the Secret Gardens here in Beverly, Mass, and excited to share his story about the Garden School. And without further ado, welcome, Jonathan. Hi. Glad to be here. Terrific. So we're going to dive right in. Just want to hear a little bit about yourself and your story before the garden school. How far back do you want to go? <laughs> As I uh, too far back, but just sort of your connection and in the beginning part, any and as much as you want to share. Okay. Yeah, I think it kind of started at the end of college for me. I uh, graduated from Gordon College in 2006 and uh, was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I was sort of uh, driven by a vision of the Garden of Eden or an Eden-like place and just kind of seeing the uh, importance of sort of a return to uh, familiarity with the land, with agriculture and horticulture and so forth. So I got into landscaping, landscape construction to kind of make money. And I had studied art in college. So landscaping was sort of a bridge between farming and art. And then I had an opportunity to go to Honduras for a year where I volunteered with a agricultural development worker in sort of a rural part of Honduras, working with subsistence farmers. These guys, you know, basically just used a machete and did everything. So that was kind of my first experience in agriculture. I wanted to kind of see the base level of how it's done. And then eventually I came back. I got a job at um, 
for Charlie Bear, Bear's Best Beans. He was at Moraine Farm in Beverly at the time. And he moved his farm up to Maine. And I moved up with him and lived up there for four or five years, learning sort of mid-scale mechanized agriculture. We farmed about 20 to 30 acres of beans. At the same time, my brother was uh, also sort of inspired by this vision of a garden and was working for the food project in Beverly, learning veggie production. And then sort of after several years of us just kind of learning how to farm and gaining skills and experience, I made my way back to the North Shore after doing some traveling in Europe. And my brother had this idea to try to get this property, Camp Mitchman. He was friends with Joe Bosha, the uh, previous owner, through First Baptist Church, the youth group there. And Joe recognized the historical value of this property and its cultural value to the Beverly community. Probably hundreds of kids from Beverly have been through this camp, Camp Mitchman, what it used to be. Um, So it, it holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts in Beverly. And he wanted a buyer to preserve its its qualities and not just bulldoze everything. So my brother and I were crazy enough to <laughs> take on this project. And, and a huge project. Yeah, we, we were just at the right age where we still kind of had that youthful zeal. Yeah. But we didn't have uh, any intelligence yet. <laughs> So for those that are listening, this is an outdoor classrooms tour and talk and not necessarily the traditional outdoor classrooms that we've been talking about, but we are looking at pictures and these pictures will go up into our circle membership. And those that are listening will just be enjoying the wonderful stories. But the picture that we're looking at is the the transformation of the main building. So you've had different areas that... And I know this space because it's literally right down the street from us, but it's, there used to be tennis courts in this, in this where it's now your vegetable garden and flower, flower picking garden. So can you tell us a little bit about what the garden school has become? What it has become. What is, Um, what would you, how would you describe the garden school? I think fundamentally it's a place for people to grow and the garden is sort of a metaphor I think, for the growth of the soul and through stewardship of the land and cooperation and sort of submitting yourself to kind of a bigger goal, a bigger picture are all processes that can go on internally, too. And just like the garden needs certain, you know, amount of sunlight and nutrients and watering, our souls are the same way. And I think growth. It implies sort of an increase of value over time. And on sort of a biologic sense, you can see it in a plant, how a plant grows, but people grow too. You know, Mm -hmm. you go through trials and experiences and you gain wisdom. You're the same person, but your soul has grown. And and I think this has kind of also been true with the garden school. It's always been kind of an organic concept. And just like the garden growing and our souls growing. The the garden school has been growing too as uh, people come and go and get involved and we learn lessons and make mistakes. And I would say at this stage, it's, it's, it's a place that's an opportunity for people to learn real practical skills, how to grow food, how to take care of the land, but also get connected with a, a positive community, you know, that goes 
goes deeper into the, mm. the deeper purpose of life. Yeah. The garden school, again, like you had said before, it was Camp Mitchman's. Now we're looking at an old picture of what it looked like. And so it, it has this wonderful story. Uh, could you tell us the or a little bit more about the origin of the garden of the garden school and a little bit more about Camp Mitchman and yeah, well, the origin of it, uh, this this building here that you're looking at was designed by architect James McLaughlin, who was a famous architect around the twentieth uh, turn of the century, eighteen hundreds um, to nineteen hundreds. This building was completed in nineteen seventeen. Mm. And it was originally designed and built as a summer camp for Jewish girls that lived in Boston, poor or working girls that maybe wouldn't have an opportunity to stay in a building like this. And they would come up for, I think, three weeks at a time. And they had 36 girls that could stay there. And while they were there, they would teach them, uh, I forget the quote exactly, but something like um, sewing and cooking and all the skills that a woman should have to run run a household. So from the beginning, it was kind of a retreat from the grind of the world, sort of tied to gaining practical skills. This was more oriented towards domestic skills. and so. It's it's kind of neat that that was the original purpose of it. And then over the decades, it's hard to keep track of all the uses. But at one point, it turned into Foster Brooks Women Tennis Club, kind of a country club. Oh, wow. And uh, that's, yeah, that's when they put in the pool and the, the tennis courts. Um, and then eventually it turned into a day camp, summer day camp mm-hmm. for several decades. and. By the time we got it, it was it was in pretty rough shape. You can see in that photo, the flat roof was leaking very badly, and we had to replace that. And that leak had compromised the entire front wall there, which you know had to be wow. redone. Um, so that was we you know we we didn't even realize what we were heading into when we got got this place. But, but you know, what a what a gift to our community. Truly, it's uh, just I didn't know a lot of that history, which is fascinating. So, again, it's this gorgeous old building and this this campus, really. And you, you sort of think about a, a summer camp. It's not enormous, but it's 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 a good size. And uh, and the history is so rich and and beautiful. And what you've done with the main building and, and bringing it back to its glory uh, is is just absolutely stunning. So this is another picture of was this this these were tennis courts, right? This is where the tennis courts were. That's right. Imagine the big building in the back, and then these big, and then you sort of go down a hill, and there was these tennis courts, which was makes sense for a camp, and uh, and but you ripped them all up, which is sort of asphalt to ecosystems. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Just what that was like? <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I had, uh, spent several years sort of landscaping besides doing the agriculture. So it seems like a, a pretty big job and it was, but most of it was done with heavy equipment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, but yeah, the, the tennis courts were unusable, you know, they, they had been 
pretty dilapidated, you know, with cracks and weeds growing in. And then yeah. the whole thing was just surrounded by dense forest. The, the fence around the tennis courts was like growing into trees. So we pulled out all the fencing and then you can see that machine there, that skid steer. Mm -hmm. We scraped up all the uh, asphalt and we got that removed from the site. And then there was a few inches of actually really nice gravel underneath that I scraped up and used to improve roads around the oh, property. Interesting. Yeah. And Dan, Dan Mayer of uh, Mayer Tree Company came with his massive tree equipment and took down tons more trees for us to open up sunlight. So then we ended up with this subsoil, rocky subsoil, and we got um, Gary from the Beverly compost dump next door. And he brought, he, he basically put like a foot, foot and a half of wood chips. He, he put a, uh, a foot and a half of wood chips over the subsoil, which I double dug in with an excavator to get like a sub layer. And then that the picture you're looking for, after we got the wood chips dug into the subsoil, then we put in another foot and a half of, yeah. of Beverly compost on top of that. And it was because of the generosity of Gary that we were able to do it. I mean, every step of the way here, we, we had no idea how we were going to make this happen, yeah. but all the pieces just came together. Well, it's it's community. It's an incredible example of really taking. Uh, it gives me goosebumps. But taking this this property that has so much history and uh, bringing it back to life, and then incorporating this this Garden of Eden and outdoor classroom in in terms of a space where you're sort of giving it back to the community and and offering what it can offer you know it's and it can offer so many different things on different levels so we're now just looking at other pictures of the of the building and some scaffolding happening here and these aren't grapes they are hardy kiwi yeah yes we had some when i visited uh so instead of having a tarp that was over the walkway they they planted a kiwi vine it's beautiful so can you share some of the programming that's been happening at the garden school? I know it's been a variety of different things. I know I, at one point you had a plant sale and you have different events and uh, philosophy night. Uh, can you explain a little bit more about different things that have been happening? Yeah, the main heart of what we've been doing has been training people in the garden. And we've had sort of a, a steady stream of interns over the years from Gordon College Salem State, we had a Harvard Divinity intern, and uh, this summer we had one from Landmark College in Vermont, and training young adults has kind of been the main focus, but given the nature of, of the project, it's the work is inclusive to people of all ages, so we've had a lot of teenagers come through and adults helping out with different things. So that's kind of been like the heart and soul of, of the garden school. Yeah, we've had some plant sales and we have had several workshops in the past. And uh, now that we, the big thing was working on that building, getting at least a portion of it usable, which we finally accomplished this past year, uh, the great room in there. 
And so now that we can use that building, we have started, yeah, there's the great room. Uh, We have started uh, the philosophy sort of, we kind of think of it, the garden is like the body, you know, the physical, and then the manner is, is, is for the mind, the cultivation of the mind. Mm. So we're hoping to have more and more sort of lyceum, like continuing adult education events uh, in this building in the winter. It's just so, beautiful. Yeah, it's all been to this point. It, I, I used the, the phrase organic before. It's it's all kind of developing organically. So yeah, it's just good. It's gorgeous. So there, the picture that we're looking at is the inside of the manor that they have completely refurbished. And you were saying this entire wall you had to rip out due to wa- water damage and all of that. But but really having that vision and having that that yes, this is you know it's it's going to build it and they will come type of attitude. And I think you have, you have built it and it's the next phase of really seeing what, what comes of it. So the other incredible asset to what you have brought to our community is your farm stand. And I must tell you that my, got my pumpkins there this year and they are just beautiful. And so can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of the farm stand, how it came to be and how it works? Yeah, I kind of got the idea for it. Actually, when I was living up in Maine, I rented a greenhouse from the farmer I was working for and grew tons of tomatoes. And I just put out a little table at the end of our driveway and put my tomatoes on it and started selling them just on our system. So that was kind of where the idea came from. And then fast forward a few years, we have, we're getting the garden going, you know, where the tennis courts used to be, and we're just kind of going for it. And, <laughs> you know, we start coming up with this beautiful produce. And so we're like, well, let's try to sell it. So same thing. We just put a little table at the end of the driveway. People started buying tomatoes. And then eventually we kind of changed positions, moved back up from the road a little and got a tent. A few photos back, there's that wall that said learn by doing on it yes this is the tennis wall yeah so that used to be (laughs) what is now the parking lot used to be a yeah it was a hitting wall for for tennis and that was right in the middle of the what is now a parking lot so I knocked that down and um turned the you know the tennis practice area into a parking lot and we got the sort of fancy little structure I think we got it from Costco really we we've just kind of been it's beautiful yeah yeah no there's some good stuff there yeah and then it's just kind of grown over time then we started developing relationships with other farmers especially brooksby is where we get a lot of our fruit Mm -hmm. and you know we get a lot of our corn from marini you know it's just it's sort of it it wasn't part of the original plan when we got the place it it was an afterthought really but it's kind of become the central thing <laughs> yeah that's great it's i've been telling everybody about it the farm stand is great for us to be able to interface with the community it's just wonderful how many interesting people you meet down there 
<laughs> well, it is amazing. It, it's and it's all by honor system. So you can play by Venmo and people write little notes on your little pad. I mean, it's very organic and community. It's the essence of community, really. And it's uh, and it's it's beautifully you'd think we were in the middle of Vermont or something. So it's it's very uh, it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful, picturesque uh, feel feel that you've created there. It's really nice. So just let's see. So that so these are some sketches that we that you have have had over time that I know that you've had uh, up on in that in that main room anything that you would like to add in terms of where you see the garden school growing into or you had mentioned that some ideas and any anything additional that you'd like to add um yeah well uh yeah we're going to be launching a capital campaign very shortly trying to get that together the the main things are continuing to beautify the the garden. And like I said, I, I have a lot of experience in um, landscaping and, and stonework, and I studied art in college. So on a personal level, that's kind of the no- most satisfying thing for me. It, you don't have a photo of it, but we just finished installing a uh, an irrigation pond. We call it Paradise Pond, the little waterfall, mm. uh, and then planting you know, fruit trees and, you know, other ornamental shrubs and really trying to make it as much like a, a paradise as possible, like, like a garden of Eden and to just exult in, in the glory of nature. And, and there's a uh, white building kind of right near the garden. That is kind of the last building that we have to tackle. And so we're hoping to renovate that in the coming years for a um, housing for farmer. and then. Yeah, continue to develop the Lyceum and develop the programming, the educational programming. The, the, there's there's a long way to go. We've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. Well, I hope this podcast will help in that journey and that if anybody wants to learn more about you or find the garden school or donate or support in any which way, how can they find you and what's the best way to learn more? Uh, yeah, the website, thegardenschool.org, um, info at thegardenschool.org is a, I, I get those emails. So I usually respond eventually and then, yeah, just stop by. Yeah. If you're local to Beverly, Massachusetts, stop by if you're not, to, again, we can all be supporting each other in this journey of creating spaces, creating uh, spending, creating spaces where we can spend more time outdoors. And I just want to thank you for everything that you've done to restore that beautiful property. It is such an asset to all of us, not only in Beverly, but in the entire North Shore. I know that many, many children have gone through that camp. Uh, I don't know them personally, but I, I, it's just, it's very cool to know that you're reviving it to, for the next generation of not only children, but also adults. So I, I, my hat is off to you and I know how much you are working to, uh, to make it all happen. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's an honor to, uh, to be able to steward this incredible property in Beverly. And I, I hope that it can it can continue for generations to come. Yeah, we, we got to work together as a community. So again, reach out to Jonathan and anything that you want to know. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us here at the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anybody who you think would enjoy it and follow us on Instagram. We'd love to continue the conversation. If you want to continue the conversation even deeper, please join us in the Circle community. The purpose of the Circle is to support, guide, and push you as you continually grow and sustain your outdoor classroom by providing the tools to help you set the right goals, then actually follow through in achieving those goals with the support of our amazing community. Each month, 24-7, you get guidance and support from myself. You get to begin your journey with our new member roadmap. You get access to our outdoor teaching boot camp. You get to interact and learn from guest experts who are on our podcast. They come into our membership and join us to continue the conversation. You get to connect and collaborate during two live sessions a month. You get access to all our online workshops and masterclasses. You get get to dig deeper with our membership missions each month. And you get to become an ambassador of joy for children. I hope you can join us for the price of one workshop. You get all of this. You get to become a member of our family at Outdoor Classroom. So I hope you can join us. I will share the link in the show notes and we'll see you later. Come join us.